You're listening to another episode of the Anavivo podcast. Thank you for your time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Anavivo podcast. You are listening to a wonderful episode today, and I am so honored and pleased that you are back with us today on a cold February morning. We are here and blessed with my uncle, Mark Boyd, which if you had been listening to a recent episode by my grandmother, his mother, I had found out some interesting and terrifying secrets about my uncle, namely that that's not your real name, Uncle Mark. (laughs) What's going on here? That's a good start. That's where I was going to start. Here we are. Here we go. (laughs) So I was born in 1957, which makes me 65 at this point. Uh, My full name is Richard Mark Boyd. You heard it here first. Here we go. My father's middle name was Mallory, which is a family name. And they, mom and dad, both grew up in upstate New York farming and um, mountain territories where they, and maybe this is United States wide, but you could know someone named Junior still in their 60s, you Mm. know, and Grandpa was dead, but Butch still went by Junior or whatever. And they didn't want that to happen because they... We're a modern company, a couple <laughs> having a modern family. In what year? When were they modern? Yeah, I where? think they were <laughs> modern probably around the time they got married or oh, okay. maybe a little before. And the 50s, <laughs> modern 50s couple. Yes. Uh, okay. They really yes. were. I can see they're very trendy. Even well, now they're pretty trendy. Well, grandma's. Grandma yeah. grew up in um, the western part of New York. So west of Buffalo, but not yet to uh, Jamestown, mm. the westernmost little town. Uh-oh. <laughs> You're not allowed to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So they were mo- a modern couple so, of time. They didn't yes, junior. so the modernness was Grandpa Riefel, my maternal grandfather, uh, had three girls. Patricia, Carol, and Joyce, and they went by all their life, and still, if mom were to return, Pat, Charlie, and Joe. So grandpa obviously was happy to have children, but thought they should act more like boys maybe or something. I don't know. Because <laughs> these were Pat, Charlie, and Joe, but they were three girls. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> you're, you're catching my drift. So he told the girls the appropriate careers for them when they were considering college was teacher or nurse. Mm. Just like probably there was an asterisk there as (laughs) in addition to housewife. Ah, yeah. Uh, You know, so a very typical, you know, generation at that time. They were, they, 
my grandparents as adults went through the depression. My parents as children were affected by the depression. Mm. And those lessons still permeate down mm. to the second and third, probably fourth generations. Who knows? I would yeah. like to add in, this does resonate with me now that I'm living with Graham. Like we save all of the plastic. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're on an island too, but also just growing up, I remember like you teaching us the importance of short, cold showers and saving gas. And even now we're, yeah. you know, that's not something that's really part of, you know, a lot of people in my generation or younger, mm -hmm. you know, we have a very fast paced, um, you buy something new very quickly uh, generation. So it's both mind-boggling and super valuable to see that in Graham and see that in you. I just enjoy that. And so that's how you got your your first name? Yes. So I'm named, my first <laughs> name is the same as my father's, but my middle name is different. And so I went by Mark all my life. Uh. So... Interesting. Are we ready for a funny story? Yes, we're ready. Now that the truth has been revealed, and we can kind of all just breathe a well, sigh of relief. I would say from the <laughs> more of the, the context. Okay, more of the context. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure there's a technical term for that. Sure, yeah. Backstory. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know my exact time, or my exact age, <laughs> where, but where am this, I? <laughs> was in, this was in Northern Virginia, okay. the bridge. Yep. So, so you, I was in grade school. Yes. Somewhere so I took K, a job at um, Home Depot, mm. and it was really just a job to supplement my business <clears throat> and keep me busy because then you stay out of trouble. <laughs> and at our store, there was a Richard who was important and got lots of overhead calls, you know, <laughs> Richard to the Richard kitchen to department, you know. <laughs> and there was an assistant manager named Mark. Oh, no. So those are my two primary names. <laughs> so I said, all right, I'll go by Rich, which is what we call our son, right? who is also named Richard Mallory. Uh, and... I had a family, so I would take the early shift and open the store at, you know, 5, 5.30, or be part of that staff. And I'd be done by 2, and the kids weren't out of school yet, so it was easy to take a nap. Oh, no. <laughs> One you, day. Sorry, can I interrupt? Do you wish that your name was Junior then? Because then, no. like, there wouldn't be a confusion, like, no. Junior to the aisle no. 5. To the hammer section, please, Junior. We need no. you, not Stat. No? Okay. Nobody ever, nobody ever called me on the overhead. And I, if we want, I can tell a story about that. <laughs> <clears throat> so. Anyway. I was taking a nap. I got a phone call. And the person said, Rich, what are you doing? And being less awake than normal, I said, <laughs> Alicia, I opened this store this morning. I'm off. And there was a very thick quiet on the phone. Oh, no. 
And the person said, Richard Mark Boyd. Oh, no. Who is Alicia? Oh, no. I said, Mom? <laughs> oh, Alicia's my manager at the at Home Depot, and I thought she was calling to see why I was not at work. <laughs> this just shows that you've always had at least two bosses growing up. <laughs> yes, that is quite possible. <laughs> the number would be almost manageable at two. <laughs> so I live in the skin of Mark. <clears throat> I have no problems with being that. So, but the and funny have been all your life now. <laughs> yes, yes. In fact, when we moved to Denver, I thought, "Here's my big chance." Yes, I'm, I'm a new going man. to be Richard. <laughs> I mean, you know, all my bank accounts are always Richard, anyhow. Yeah, and it just didn't work. It didn't take. It kept sliding off, like you know, gravy off of a duck. Who's this Richard? <laughs> so the funny story, not the funny story, but you know. When um, traumatic or important events happen, people say, do you remember where you were when we landed on the moon? Mm. Which I do. Do you remember where you were when President Kennedy died? Which I remember a few days later. Do you remember when the towers were bombed, you know, the planes crashed into the tower in 9-11? Yes, as a matter of fact. I was running a store in Home Depot <laughs> and didn't realize that I was the only one there in the whole store. <laughs> and a guy ran by. Yeah, I thought, because I was at the service desk where you fix problems back in that day. And a guy went by and said, a plane just crashed into the towers in New York. And he was a joker. So I didn't think twice oh, no. about it. And then about... Some time later, I thought, yeah, there is nobody in the store. <laughs> so I wandered back to the break room, and everyone was around the TV and mm. watching that. And so I know very clearly where I was. Hmm, I didn't know that story. story. I never knew. Plus, your wife was also quickly As, exiting. <laughs> well, she had something that delayed her. I think it may have been medical or dental. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, she took one of our troublesome children to the dentist. The most troublesome. The of most them. troublesome. We won't. No, I don't think it was. We won't, we won't. I don't think it was Richard. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, got, you got zings. That one. Okay. That troublesome one. And so she was on her way to the Pentagon, late, and she, there's a, you know, straight HOV lane after you get out inside the Beltway. And she's on it, and it is dead stop. And she saw the plane mm. uh, that would be the one that crashed into the Pentagon, and it was, I don't know the technical term, but not flying. Hemming and yawing and yeah, <laughs> pitching not, or whatever. Not flying. Well, in sailboat terms, it was healing way over. Ah, yes. And lifting uh, lazily to the left. <laughs> okay. No, I would say drastically. <laughs> and she said, that is not how planes land mm -hmm. at Reagan or yeah. on to Dulles. And, and um, she, I, I don't remember this part, whether she then saw smoke, but she went on to the shoulder mm 
mm. got to one of those places where the police turned around, yeah. went south, grabbed the kids from school, and they went and watched and cried and stuff. Mm. I was busy with, you know, Home stra- Depot. Yeah, straightening out kitchen orders and yeah. yeah, I don't I don't even remember <laughs> so I just remember mom and I's story cuz she was coming to pick me up from the orthodontist. Yeah. And then I remember, you know, binge watching the news for the next couple of days, yeah. but at the time the rest of the kids were an hour south in Fredericksburg. Oh. And so I think that they locked down their school and you had to go get them. And yeah. so I now I realize I had no idea what you guys were doing. <laughs> yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's interesting hearing that part. So I'm sure that is something you can cut because that's not any of the questions you meant to ask. No, that was that was all good questions. I was just going to say uh, if it makes you feel better about the story, there are kids graduating college today that are reading about that event in Texas sure. because they weren't alive. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. is so, sad. To, I'm not, it's not sad. It's normal. It's part of life. But um, It is. Yeah. We were all in grade school yeah. as well. So the Vietnam War ended, you know, and the pictures you see of them um, evacuating people on the helicopters to the aircraft carrier, right. then shoving the aircraft, the helicopter off the edge because mm. there was no room right that happened just before i graduated high school in 75 mm. wow yeah so i was aware you know of the end of vietnam and then not that long later people are reading about it yeah in textbooks maybe and yeah. but not having that personal yeah i guess since you grew up military and you were 17 or 18 when you graduated were you worried you were going to get drafted for vietnam like as an 18 year old or (laughs) i was not worried because i assumed and i did after so i graduated in june of 1975 Mm -hmm. the war had just ended i went to but I graduated and I was 17 mm-hmm. and then a few days later I was 18 and um, I think in that September-ish when school started college San Diego State University shout go out go Aztecs <laughs> yes um, I went to the post office to figure out how to uh, sign up for, you know, whatever that was called. To enlist? The draft. The draft, yeah. Mm. They had a long name. Mm. <clears throat> and they said, oh, you don't have to do that anymore. Mm. I said, oh? <laughs> <laughs> okay. How come, sorry, how come you decided San Diego State instead of, Grandpa went to the academy, right? Negative, Catwoman. I thought he was a ring knocker. Negative. Oh, no. Clay was a ring knocker. Grandpa Grandpa was, uh, he only did two years of school out there and then went to Rhode Island for pilot training. Mm. You're getting closer. You're getting closer. So he did get his AA in New York, probably Binghamton or Bingham, New York, just down the hills from the Catskills. That's a guess. Um, So at the time they were allowed to 
become pilots. And then I think as the pilot program progressed, I'm guessing a little bit here, they realized, oh, these guys have to be have to have a four year degree. <laughs> and so that is why the Naval Postgraduate That's School in Monterey. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So and this is this touches, I guess, to my spiritual life in the sense that so dad had to go to two years of school at in Monterey, Naval Postgraduate School, um, to keep his job in the Navy mm-hmm. as a pilot. And uh, so the chaplain there was really sharp, really good. And so that is my first real experience of church, because we went every week. And I do have a couple of remembering issue or you know times that I remember going to a church in Rhode Island mm. our previous duty station Quonset Point if you watch the movie Devotion Devotion mm-hmm. and that was the same <clears throat> sorry those were the same kinds of planes that grandpa mm, flew in. the same family of wrong planes. again Catwoman oh, if you keep this up that's strike two <laughs> that's strike two oh, no good thing you better I start fouling off some I'll get a home run on the next pitch. Yeah, for she's sure. she's my Jamie from the Joe Rogan podcast, so she's usually pretty accurate on this stuff. But, but <laughs> my job fair, is to strike out and just keep asking questions. So <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna <laughs> that's keep. That's why I'm here. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about you're, you're the quirky comic relief. Yes, yeah, yes. Okay. Oh, the floor's here, so clean. Um, <laughs> no, we're talking about. Um, so I haven't heard much about Grandpa Boyd. So this is so fascinating okay. to me to hear from you and from Graham, but. Grandpa, so you're saying Grandpa became a Christian? Okay, in no, no, no. We have to back we oh, have okay. way back. Sorry, I'm, <laughs> set the scene. So, I'm just messing this up. Right after Adam and Eve got kicked out of the... Oh, goodness, oh, Dad. Man. This is, oh, fast forward a little yeah, bit? Yeah, no, okay. okay. Ro- so Quantas, Rhode Island. <laughs> no, Rhode Island. Let's go back to where we were. Little Mark and Big Bev were born in San Diego. Wait, wait, you're older. We, Yes. Yeah, you can't Why do you say, big, say you can't, you say, can't big, say little Mark and not, Big Bev? You're good. older than she is. <laughs> oh, okay. The two, the first two. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> big Mark, little I, Bev. I think you just got it backwards. So Grandma and Grandpa got it right at first. Mark and Bev were born, San Diego. Okay. <laughs> Here okay. We're... First duty station. Out to New, out to Rhode Island for two duty stations mm-hmm. on the same location. Right. You know, he was on the aircraft carrier for one part of it, and then he was... Pilot training. No, he was pilot. He managed something on base. Oh, he wasn't an instructor at that time? I am not aware of him being an instructor, no. Anyway, so he's two times at... So so we were there in uh, Rhode Island for seven years, as I recall. Then we went to Monterey, then we went to Virginia Beach, then we ended up in San Diego. So that's the short of that. So the two years in Monterey were for me the beginning of my spiritual awakening. It started at a summer camp, Mount Hermon, you know, Mm -hmm. and I came home from, so I was there in the fifth and sixth grade in Monterey and 
I came home from the first summer and said to mom, grandma, I did something at camp. You know, <laughs> I threw a pine cone. I don't know what it, I did. But she said, oh, you got, you know, you got saved. You probably got saved. Wait, what was the, you threw a pine cone? I don't know. Threw a pine cone into the fire. That's what. That's the typical thing. And then the fire spoke to you and said, come follow me. No, no, no. Usually at really they have you write your stuff on a rock or a pine cone. They say, now let it go into the fire. Jesus will burn it up. That's a good point. Some kind of thing that you can remember. Well, I didn't remember any of that. I did remember putting pennies on the, I had probably had a penny on the railroad tracks so that the Trains that go by would squish it. Oh, you my know? goodness. What I a don't rebel. Remember. Huh? What a rebel. Oh, I was, rebel merely, rouser. I was merely a follower. <laughs> Bev was the rebel rouser. <laughs> oh, no, oh. I don't remember Bev going to camp, oh, okay. uh, Mount Hermon, because if I was in fifth grade, this is the mid-60s. she would have been in third or 40. Mid-60s? Yeah, 63, right? Because you were born in 57. You said you're, oh, fifth grade. How old is fifth grade? I know. Nine years old. What are you, old? 19 or 20? In the fifth grade? Yeah, so, yeah, mid-60s. Yeah, yeah, 19 or 20. (laughs) Anyhow, whatever that age. Anyhow, I can remember grades. I can't remember age, except for one or two. So I came home, blah, blah, blah. Mom says, oh, you probably got saved. I think she was more definitive. (laughs) And there was a thing going on. It was... In chapel, it was called uh, For Pete's Sake. It was a Billy Graham movie, mm. which, <laughs> you know, is about a guy on a motorcycle who's a rebel. And then we had a similar situation called Extreme Days. That was our age movies. Okay. That, same sort of thing where this, this young, hip rebel guy turns to Jesus and becomes yeah. saved. Now it's yeah. cool for you, too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, and then my parents were involved in uh, Officers Christian Union, which became OCF, Officers Christian Fellowship, I think. Mm-hmm. Still and, around. And um, mom was, had, had already accepted God, accepted Jesus in college, I think, you know, and so she had a foundation mm. of a relationship, I think. But for dad, as I remember the story, he had a calculus exam, and all they could take was a three-by-five card with formulas on it, Mm -hmm. probably both sides. Mm -hmm. And if he didn't pass this class, he'd lose his job and his career, which he loved. and, um, And so he prayed, God, if you're real, I need to pass this class. Mm-hmm. And he did pass. I think back in that day, 69 might have still been passing. I don't know what he got, <laughs> but I get the impression, I had the impression he squeaked by, mm-hmm. which is <clears throat> the story of my academic career. <laughs> Can't we pass this guy? We don't really want him in this class again. <laughs> and... uh I mean, he became a Christian and took it all, mm. you know. That was when you, you were in fifth grade is when he became a Christian? Fifth or sixth grade during that time. I don't know okay, the exact time. So you became time. Christians kind of at the same time. 
Like, no, 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 no. I became a Christian later okay. on, which I will tell as we progress. Yeah, I'd like to follow this thread. So, for... Dad, I mean, this. so this is the thing. He smoked cigarettes. I remember from, you know, earlier, Rhode Island, the previous thing, uh, he smoked Kent, which had a little castle on the package, you know? So... I mean, that was very clear. I mean, he wasn't, I don't think, a chain smoker, mm -hmm. but he smoked. And he and another person, as I understand it, they were sitting on the steps outside or something, and they said, you know what? We don't need to smoke. And they stopped. Wow. Dad stopped, as I understand it. I never saw him. I never saw him smoke again. Wow. Later... As an aside, um, I was probably out of college or late in college, and we went golfing with some friends, and uh, this guy we were with was going to putt, and he handed Dad either a cigarette or a cigar, mm. and I was like, don't touch that! What are you doing? Oh. Have you know, it was like such a shock. Yeah, yeah. You've touched that. <laughs> don't smoke, don't drink, don't chew, don't go with girls who do. Yeah. What's going on here? <laughs> you know, so it had been long enough, you know, from fifth grade to college, 17th grade. Yeah. <laughs> that I thought, wow. As an, another aside... Don't stop me if you've heard this one before. When he, the change of command for him to leave um, as skipper right. of the squadron, his last real assignment, they did at North Island just the same thing that you saw in the old Top Gun. Mm -hmm. You know, they're all in their whites and they're in the sun around some sort of facility like a cabana you know thing and they're celebrating and there was this picture they all lined up everybody's standing there with a glass of champagne and dad is there with those little crystal glass cups with red punch oh neat and i thought man that is a so i was you know i don't know when he you know, changed out of the command in 70, end of 74 or early in 75, you know, so I'm either at the end of my junior year or in my senior year of high school, yeah. and I thought, that is a cultural stand, you know. Wow. But that was he, also, sorry, that was a heart, a heart change. I think Graham, Graham has some stories, you know, even when she was pregnant with you of, Grandpa going out to the bar with his buddies the night before she mm. gave birth, and mm -hmm. she had to call him in. Which I, you know, I'm. I hope that this doesn't create a sense of shame because I don't think there's any shame in anything he did. But she just has some stories of like, mm, no, like <laughs> maybe I shouldn't say this, but she told me a story recently. I just really don't know Grandpa Boyd, so all this is so interesting sure. to me. But she said one time, you know, the guys got him from. They're all hanging out at a bar and brought him home. Wouldn't let him drive home, which is great. But she made him sleep out on the porch until he could get himself in with the mm. keys 
<laughs> I was like, oh, like the grandpa that I I hear about is the grandpa you're talking about. Sure. Of like, yeah. you know, he drank punch. He was, you know, straight up and fly right. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh yeah. Um, but well, I think that really speaks to you know a heart change from absolutely. God of like that was so one of my favorite characters in scripture is Abraham. And if you look at his life, you know, there's a lot of things you could say, you swung and missed on that one, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, and he was like one of the first to figure out who God, learning who well, God is. Like he, there were a lot it, of other it, gods at that time. He was learning who God was for the I think first time. Adam ever, and Eve you know? had a good handle on who God was. Mm. But he is a person who... Followed his, you know, his father left where they, where the family was, went to a place, father dies, and God says, eh, you're going to keep going. Mm. That part's not exactly correct for scripture, but I think so that's, that's what happens reading he, between the lines. My I dad think. went to seminary, so we're going to go I, deep and... I, Get the details Don't right. tell people that I once was in a cemetery. <laughs> okay, so, you know, but there's, there are faith points along the line. But so the thing is, Abraham had uh, powerful interactions, a few interactions with God, and that's what drove his life to the point where he could say, mm, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I think God could even raise my son from the dead. And it's counted as faith. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to go any further because I'll get into trouble, but he is one of my favorite characters. Huh, I never knew that, Dad. Can I ask you another question? I know there's so much I'm learning about you in the, this Can podcast. Can we edit this part out? Okay. Um, Acts away. I also didn't know that, so... Um, the Boyd family, your dad and mom and you, married, you married my mom, which is the Alexi family, mm-hmm. from, and they met during your their tour or stay in Rhode Island. Yes. And I didn't know, so when Grandma Boyd, your mom, had four kids, Grandma Alexi, mom's mom, they were friends, you know, had seven kids or oh. whatever. I don't know okay. how many kids she had at that point. I don't point. have that many kids. Okay. <laughs> anyway, they, the point is they were friends, and Grandma Alexi, mom's mom, asked Grandma Boyd, your mom, if um, she knew who Jesus was. And Grandma was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then she went home, and she was like, actually, I maybe that's a good question. And it was a turning point in her life just from Grandma Alexi. Grandma Alexi is a pretty stubborn woman, like pretty, she should, you know, you shoots it straight. You can edit all this out, right? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, stubborn in a good way of like, mm, I don't know, Joyce, do you know Jesus? Um, and she did that to Grandpa. That's how Grandpa became a Christian. Like, do you, you say you're a Christian, do you know Jesus? Uh, Grandpa Alexi, her oh. husband. Um, so that's what I mean by stubborn, stubborn in a good way. Um, and so that was like, Interesting for me now to hear, I've heard that story in recent months, which I didn't know before moving here, 
But that happened before Grandpa went to, you guys moved to Monterey. Correct. I wonder if that had an influence in your dad then becoming a believer too. I don't know if there, we have you, any documented. You never know. Yeah, uh, connection. We'd have to talk to the found. Yeah. We'd have to talk to Grandma about that. But my guess would be, looking at culture then, that it might not have had a big impact at that time. Um, but Grandma's also JoJo, and she strong-willed, trendy lady in the 50s who probably... Oh, now <laughs> you're opening... A can of worms. <laughs> no, Here we one go. Of my, uh, sorry. One of my other heroes... I would say my parents were um, technical difficulties. Go ahead. So, oh, much better. That's perfect. Mom is, that's Grandma Boyd, Joyce, is um, a very strong person. And from her, I learned that commit to the process and you will do it. Hmm. Remember when we did karate and we had to learn how to break a fall? Mm-hmm. And you slapped the ground. Mm-hmm. Over and, and over the, again for 10 yeah, years. Yeah. And the people who couldn't do it couldn't commit to the, fall. the process. Oh, I didn't even think about that, yeah. And the ones that could slapped and survived. Yeah, and then it became just an instinct. It did. Yep. So when dad, when grandpa, when your grandfather, my dad, would go to, out to sea, that would be when grandma would take us to vacation in New York and we'd see Grandma and Grandpa in, oh, in Walton. Alexi? No, no, no. Oh, oh, yes. Dad's, my dad's parents. Okay. So my paternal grandmother and grandfather, we'd see them in Walton, which is in the Catskills. And <clears throat> we'd see my maternal grandparents, mm -hmm. the Riefels, mm -hmm. Ansel and Esther, in North Collins. And so they, the Riefels, Grandma and Grandpa Riefel, would go to Canada to fish for a week on their vacation. So we went to North Collins, the after, we got there the afternoon that they were leaving that night to drive to Canada. And when they left, mom put on her top hat and orchestrated a renovation in the, in the, in the house uh, to knock a hole in the front wall and put in what looked like a pretty big 
window at that time. It was probably <laughs> three foot by three foot, you know, nice. which was where grandma would sit and sew. And so she did this. And so when they came back, it was like, what is this thing that has happened? How oh, did this happen? Fishing. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. She's and, this trendy JoJo, you know, every time. Well. She raised a whole troop of kids, you know, yes, every time yes. Grandpa was on deployment. She's a trendy lady. I think that part happened after he came back from deployment, but. Well, that that's. But, yes, yeah, she was alone in, you know, anytime he went to sea, she was in charge. and did the ship stuff. at home. Yeah. So. That's what's so interesting to me. You know, Graham is such a, like, tiny, petite, sweet woman, but she's also packs a punch. She's powerful. She runs a tight ship at home. You know, it's really interesting as a mid-30s lady moving in with Graham because she has all of her systems in place, um, which is why she's so independent at 87. It's really great to see. But I am so fascinated by your dynamic because you're the oldest son of four in a military Navy family. So Graham definitely ran a tight ship while dad, you, while your dad was out at sea. But I feel like you were, you know, what, what's a second in command or the right hand man, you know, also. Mm -hmm. And you see that a lot, I think, in your family dynamics. And, you know, you walked Bev down the aisle after grandpa passed away mm -hmm. and. You know, you really step up over and over again as the firstborn with a lot of compassion, too. You know, I see that when you told Graham about um, the mm -hmm. accident for Tahiti, you know, just a lot of uh, grace and uh, responsibility. And we've got two firstborns in the room, so maybe you can add in on. <laughs> <laughs> not, not qualified. Yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just curious what your experience was when your dad was on deployment dad and you know what Graham was like and what you what it was like for you and what what it was like growing up in a navy family too well that's a big loaded question yeah try and unpack that <laughs> Kids, one tell us your whole life <laughs> yeah it's Story. the only life i knew um and i guess by personality fit in. I am, as they say, you know, a mile wide and an inch deep in as far as relationships go. I'm an, ext an extrovert. I am an extrovert. So it's, I have met people at restaurants and Home Depot and gone into business with them, you know, so uh, it's easy t for me to work with people uh, so the moving stuff was not hard for me you know to go to a new place and meet new people and be friends with them and then move on as I've heard other people tell their story um, that it was the hardest thing you know and that they still have they still keep in touch with their friend from first grade you know you're like that too, though. You're fiercely loyal. You have your Wayne Wilson from high school. He came yeah, and lived Wayne, with us in high school. I keep moving around and trying to lose did. Wayne, but he yeah. keeps latching on. <laughs> oh, so that's Wayne's fault. I think you're not. I, I think you're also fiercely I, loyal. Well, to Wayne, <laughs> you, yes. You show up to all your family members. Wayne and Arlene, they're my buds. <laughs> but I, 
Dave and Kristen, Dave, you're my friend too. Yep. I mean, you are my friend. I think you're an I think you're an ambivert. I think you make friends with everybody and bring out the best in everyone. You just, you know, naturally um push people to be their better selves, but also you um are deeply lo- we'll we'll edit this out later. I know it's super Thank emotional. You. Um can't can't let anyone see behind the curtain. <laughs> I know. Right. I have an image to uphold. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> But yes, you're also fiercely loyal to so many people in the sense of re- rescuing, but also like being a solid foundation for people or just being a friend that I feel like, you know, yeah, you have some really solid friends that you've kept forever and for your family members too. So we'll take a break here. Oh, no, I was just saying, edit that out. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> anyway, I was giving the cut the mic. So. <laughs> I was responding. Yeah, we're gonna die. <laughs> mayday, mayday. All right, let's uh, pause real quick here. <laughs> Ready? Okay. So, Monterey was the beginning of my uh, spiritual walk in the sense of being in a good church, getting all these, th- you know, learning these things and uh, Mount Hermon, quality camp. You threw a pine cone and saw Jesus. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no. Too, too far. Uh, okay. No, it's just that you are writing on the margins of the scripture, <laughs> and you shouldn't do that. <laughs> so that's <clears> when you were <throat> in so fifth grade. Yeah. The next assignment was back on the East Coast, Virginia Beach. Dad got assigned to the USS Bonham Richard. Mm. A smallish ship, a smallish um, aircraft carrier, in comparison, <laughs> and it was old. Probably came in, you know, after World War II, or yeah, it's an and am- amphib is what that is. Yes, yeah, it became a helicopter, and am- you know, but at the time it was the floating White House, mm-hmm. so everything that went on in the White House. And probably, you know, under NORAD mm-hmm. and other places, who knows, also went on in this aircraft carrier so that if they had to put to sea and that if the president had to land and run the White House at sea, they were ready. I looked that up here. So that was a one-year gig. And um, after... After these things that happened in my parents' life in Monterey, yes, uh, they put me in Norfolk Christian. So we were in Virginia Beach. I rode the bus for about 30 or 45 minutes to Norfolk and went to my first Christian school, seventh grade. Um, All of us went to the Christian schools, but I was in the middle school at the high school in Monterey. And that was one year, and then we went to San Diego, and I went to Christian High of San Diego in San Diego. Wait, where was the Bonham Richard when it was? Virginia Beach. It was, or Norfolk. I don't know. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I only ever knew it on the, in San Diego when it came around. Mm. And that's the one that they just, the, that sailor just lit on fire recently. 
couple what? years ago. $1.2 billion fire. I will <gasps> trust you on that. <laughs> Don't all, it was all over the news during COVID. They, he, there was a different story. But yeah, the Bonhammer Char is no longer with us anymore. Really? Yeah, because of the fire. Okay. Uh, on purpose. <laughs> So, yeah. So, anyway, but that's cool. So tough way to get out of the yeah, military like, service. Well, yeah, you know? I know, right? Different Wait, topic. But what is this? This is Kansas. Why am I in Kansas? <laughs> right. Or did he die? No, did he the... was. Uh, he was put on trial and actually acquitted for the for um, had some very good lawyers. Wow. And there was a lot of other people that were fired. Yeah. Well, <laughs> of course, yeah. as, as expected. But well, anyway, so it was. It's a. Um, it's got a. Sounds like a long history. Clearly. Set up as the White House on the East Coast, and then came over to the West Coast. I had some friends that served on it, and then, and then more recently, this fire, just mm-hmm. this last couple of years. Well, but, ships lost for a long time. Yeah. So anyway, so you're now in San Diego. You're so, at this Christian school. Yeah. So no, we were in. So we we're in Norfolk, Virginia Beach area, and uh, first year at a Christian school, and um, then. Transitioned to San Diego for my dad's, you know, twilight tour. Yeah, I don't remember if he was XO first, and then I don't think so. I think he went as skipper. Okay, you know, so wait, but wait, I take it back because that was Vietnam. So he had a tour floating off Vietnam, mm. you know, flying a two-engine prop. From S2. Grumman, yep, S2F. F is the model number, or whatever. The fighter part of it. <laughs> Hardly. <laughs> With a propeller. Yeah. <laughs> Two propellers. Two propellers, yeah. yeah. Uh, so he had two tours. So he might have been an XO first and then a skipper. I don't really even remember. That was the thing about having a parent in the Navy that goes on, you know, deployment on a ship, you see them, Mm -hmm. life is this way. Yeah. I'm pointing to my side. (laughs) And as deployment gets closer, like two, let's say two weeks away, things get tense. Mm Mm-hmm. And as a kid who's not necessarily tuned into things, all I know is, wow, the air is getting tense here. Mm. What's going on? And now I know they're working things out, you know, this has to be done and this has to be done. And, you know, are you going to be safe? I'm going to be safe. You know, are you going to be... Uh, able to handle the budget. I'm going to be able to handle the budget. You know, uh, don't forget to... Coming back to marital, change. marital well, bliss. Well, th- this is on the way out. Oh, you yeah. know, they're coordinating, divvying up. Okay, yeah, yeah. you're going to be safe. That's your job. Okay, yep, I'm going to be safe. And you're going to keep the house running. Don't let most of the kids die. <laughs> you know, hey, 50% is passing. That's, so yeah, that's how we sure. look at it. <laughs> you know, and so <clears throat> just knowing mm. you're leaving for six or nine months, you know, that was a tense time. Yeah. 
And then they're gone. Dad's gone. And everything is just back to, it's a different commander, Mm -hmm. but everything's running smoothly Mm -hmm. like it did a month ago. And everything's fine. And then all of a sudden, hey, it's getting tense around here. What's going on? Mm. Dad's coming home. Mm-hmm. We got to make our beds, you know, yeah. <laughs> clean up, you know, whatever. I don't even remember that. I just remember the two times it was tense was right before he left mm-hmm. and right before he returned. And it was just, here we go. It's changed. You know? Normal part of being a human. That's right. Everything a new changed. election. We got a new, you know, mm-hmm. guy in, or in charge and whatever. So <clears throat> that's just part of the process, and why in the world are we... T- so you're going to edit this part out. I want to hear you're in the Christian school in Virginia oh, Beach. Yeah. I want to so, hear your, your story of coming to Christ and so, how that affected then where we are today. Right. So somewhere in the seventh grade in, Monterey, in uh, uh, Virginia Beach, Norfolk Christian... I learned to read, and what I read was... <laughs> in the seventh grade. <laughs> yeah. What I read was, run, baby, run. Mm. <laughs> and uh, there was two or three of them like that. Oh, they were stories about... Um, I could see this. A guy who went to the gangs in New York City, mm. and uh, they got saved... Some yeah. of them got saved. Nikki cool. Cruz, maybe, got saved, you know. And somewhere between leaving Virginia Beach and arriving in California, I was sure that if I went to a public school, you know, gangs were going to feed me drugs and I was mm. going to be in a gang. And, yeah. You know. Uh, and so when they said, hey, you know, what do you think about this Christian school? I said, thank you. I wanted to live, you know, to be 14. <laughs> you know, and uh, I, that was the context that... And so it was no question if they gave me an option, mm-hmm. you know, that I thought, oh, yeah, this is the way to survive. I'm, I'm going to go to a Christian school. It was, a, it was more of self, self-serving survival I just had a picture. Yeah. I just had a picture of... The world is going to heck in a handbasket, mm-hmm. and I uh, think I should try and survive. Right. I, I did. I just read this stuff, and this was my picture to the outside world that, you know, oh, yeah, you're in a Christian school here, so you're safe, mm. you know. Uh, but this picture of New York City, mm-hmm. slum life, uh, that's where it is really everywhere, because California, you know, have you heard of the Beach Boys? <laughs> no, actually, I haven't. But That's I lie. did. So, well, that was that <laughs> was time. later. That was later. Once uh, I got there, your fall from grace. No, no, no. I wasn't in grace yet. So we went to a good church, you know, and um, they, at some point, it's very hard to tell what that time was because there's. 11 and a half months of summer in San Diego. You can't really tell time. And there's two weeks of rain, you know. 
<laughs> which just happened to be around Christmas time. Yeah, it could you be. Know, so I know it wasn't at Christmas time, but <laughs> you know, we had had this sermon, and um, and it scared me. I thought, I, you know, Mom thinks I'm saved, but they seem to think I need to know that I'm saved. Mm. And if I really answer the question under oath, I would say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to a Christian camp. Is that good enough? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that bothered me that Sunday. And the next Sunday, they had, I guess, who knows what, because it was a Baptist church. So just as I am, 14 <laughs> verses. And we sat pretty close to the front. So it was like, all right, let's stand and sing, oh, who's this coming down the aisle already? You know, it was like, and dad was right behind me. So that was fun. I mean, that was good. So it was me and Art Peters and dad. Nice. You know, bam. And that was your altar call. That was my altar call. That's what I point to. Even though I can't tell you the date, I can tell you the location. But was that the time that you recognized a change in your life as well? Oh, no. No, not So really. when was that? When was the time where you said, okay, God gave his son Christ. He is actually the Lord of my life, not just the Lord. Well, I was making him the Lord of my life. At that time? At that time, yes. So I when was, did you recognize that I change? Was, or why, I guess? I now, guess that's a better question of why did you not recognize the change at that time then? Versus, you know, academic versus experiential. Yes, I realize I'm, he's the Lord of my life, but when is the change? <laughs> well, he was in like seventh. How old were you? Like high school? I was in a, a eighth grade. Yeah, so eighth there grade, might not probably. have been a, a big change. I feel no, like that's, that's normal right. around that time that's period right. to be like, to right. understand so, yourself a little bit better. I would like, oh. say I was making sure that I was making a conscious decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as behaving like a Christian, seeking Christian things, Wanting to know, I was already in it. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a very good youth pastor, Jeremiah Rife, <clears throat> Pastor Jerry, and he uh, he made disciples. Awesome. And the thing about that, in fact, I'm just gonna riff slightly outside of the pages of scripture, but I would say you could probably look at the disciples' stories Mm. with the exception of, we fished all night, buddy, you know, but for you, I'll throw this net on the other side. All of the disciples had some sort of Um, come to Jesus moment Mm -hmm. (laughs) where he did touch them, you know, Mm -hmm. on a emotional, spiritual level that said, oh, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to follow this guy at least for today. Right. You know, and I think there are probably way more conversion stories that go along that line can't really point to a place where I realized I was a slave trader and that I was 
you know, needed amazing grace and, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like my father, you know, he had a culminating kind of watershed experience of salvation. He prayed. God answered. And he said, from now on, as for me and my house, we will follow the Lord. So in a sense, my salvation, conversion, started when his did. Yeah, cool. You know? So a little bit like the centurion that said, you know, hey, everybody, line up. We're going to take, we're going to, this is it. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. You know? And I think if I may make a comment to the church, we need to be more aware of some people grow into it mm-hmm. than get spanked into it, you know, like a baby being born. Right, right. You know, um, and who knows whether that's part of personality or just how God works in our lives. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, part of it's a reflection of how we have a positive impact on society. Man, we're getting in there. You know, we have an impact on society and we change society and we draw people closer to God. And then God says, oh, let's have a little faith experiment here because you need to grow and I want you to know more about me. And so I want you to take your son to the mountain and sacrifice him. Mm-hmm. You know, Dad, where's the where's the the ram? Aren't we taking a sheep? God will provide, mm-hmm. or He'll raise you from the dead. You know, so I we see these things in all of our lives. You know, I mean, we see these in many parts of our life, um, and so so when someone who I think has made a uh, genuine profession of faith to start following Christ as a four-year-old, mm-hmm. you know, and later says has a crisis where they, where God is speaking to them and saying, "You might not be following as closely as I would like you to follow, so let's consider this." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they have a another come to Jesus moment. Well, I would point, I try to help them understand and the pick, you know, how spiritual life starts and develops. Mm-hmm. You know, if we look at, there are verses that, you know, say, hey, you know, God's doing something before you even know it. Right. You know, yeah. and we can look at the picture of how a baby, you know, my personal view is there's a baby that starts before it even knows it's a baby. It's mm-hmm. alive, you know. It lives nine months mm-hmm. in mom, and they can't see me do air quotes, can they? No, you're you're doing air quotes, but we all know that 
mean? It's not your personal it's a, view. It's, it's a sarcastic <laughs> air quote. And, it, and it's oh, it, it was a sarcastic. Yes. So I should go like this or yeah. something. You believe um, it's living and and yeah. Mom. But the point and, and is, the, the point is, a baby is born. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a still a period. I, I don't remember what it's called, but they, all of a sudden they recognize themselves if they're looking in the mirror. Right. They recognize, oh. That's me. The Turing Turing effect of yes. why AI can't realize that they're conscious because they, they don't realize that they exist. But there's a point where you realize, where real life realizes that itself is aware of itself. But they still do my job better than me. That's... Anyway. The what? Oh, the AI? <laughs> oh, the AI. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So the point is, in my mind, as I look at a parallel um, to, to spiritual things, is... In the spiritual life, there are things going on that we're not aware about. Of that, God is drawing us to the point of being able to see yeah. in the mirror and say, "Oh, that's God working right. in my life." Right. So I try and just help people not beat themselves up when they get to that fourteenth come to Jesus, you know, <laughs> which. I mean, honestly, yeah. if you use the example of, you know, a shot glass and then a juice glass and then a tumbler and then a liter mug, you know, they're full when they're full. The state of being full of their, in the case of a glass, you know, their capacity, there, there's some parallel there in spiritual things. We could only relate to God depending on the size, the capacity of our faith. Mm -hmm. And then as we grow or as a challenge exceeds the capacity of our faith, mm. you know, we grow again. And those are all come to Jesus moments because oh, yeah. we can always say, thanks, I'm getting off the bus at this point, you know. Thankfully, God loves us enough to say, I'm going to let you off. I'm going to go around the bus and I'm going to pick you back up. I mean, around the block because you're going to get back on the bus, you know, and things like that. But, yeah. Can I just say, you know, I, <clears throat> I hate to squeal on myself, Dad, but I have made little jokes about how good of a person you are, you know, in the sense that you, you know, straighten up and fly right. You do what is expected of you. Maybe it's because you're, you know, the number one. Um, kid in a Navy family. Um, so you have a, a strong sense of justice and what is right and, and you know, moral standard, which I really appreciate. And you have a strong sense of grace. Um, mm. And I feel that towards me. I know you gave me a little side glance when you were talking about <laughs> some of that stuff. And that's true. I, I think that you model that to so many people in our family and in, in and outside of the faith. I've feel like you I've seen that my entire life where you've been very gracious to people and met them where they're at and um, tried to model Jesus' love with wherever they are in their understanding and struggle of life and God and themselves. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. Not everyone can um, have one foot in each camp. Um, Perfect. That sounds like a good spot for a, uh, a timeout. And then we'll uh, we'll jump back in for... A little bit more there.
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Anavivo podcast. We welcome your feedback and ideas. You can learn more about us by simply Googling the word Anavivo. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. I am a licensed real estate broker with Compass Real Estate and a nationwide real estate matchmaker. We consult with you for free, find and vet the right real estate professional that specializes in the area and niche you need, are paid by that professional, and they get clients like yourself who want and need their unique specialty or winning track record. If you or someone you know is in the market to buy or sell real estate anywhere in the U.S., don't simply web search the highest paying advertiser. Let us use our licensed experience to find and vet the real and best professional for you. It costs you nothing but a phone call or email with me and it saved my clients financially and emotionally. I'd be honored to serve and you can reach me direct by email at tim.c.miller at outlook.com. And as always, to God be the glory.